Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with wingman, sidekick, Tom Dorian. How are you doing, Yes, sir. I'm well, sir. And you? I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, uh, we're going to do an interesting show today because I want to talk about some... They're always interesting. Come on. They they are to us because we do them, right? Right. Hopefully people like them. We're we're hurting our arms, patting ourselves on our backs. That's exactly right. Well, you know, I I like to talk about things that I think that impact people kind of on a day-to-day. That's what we do here at the Catholic Cafe. We don't always want to talk about lofty topics that people don't encounter a lot. But, you know, sometimes the church's teachings are are ones that we may not have to encounter a lot. But then sometimes, a lot of times, Mm -hmm. what the church teaches about certain things impact us daily. Yeah. Right? And and we may even realize Mm -hmm. where we fall, you know, on the spectrum of being living within uh, what our uh, you know God's expectations for our lives are and living without that you know and and so I think today we're going to talk about a topic that I think a lot of people need to know a little bit about but mm-hmm. may may not really understand the full breadth and depth of of what it is okay um, we're going to talk about you know how the Catholic Church has lots of big words yes right we got like transubstantiation you know Thomas Aquinas coined right. that coined that word. You know, it's a big word. You lofty. Know, I lofty like lofty. Word. Yeah, lofty word. It's yes. it's a $3 word. It is a $3 word. Well, there's word. another one. Uh, yeah, it's it's scrupulosity. Please don't make me spell that. No, it's scrupulosity. Well, you just, we'll say it. Say it with okay. me. Scrupulosity. scrupulosity. Yeah, so we're going to say that. Ooh. Now, some people like might that. think it's like scrupulofragilistic XBI, something like that, <laughs> but it's, it's not that. It's scrupulosity. Right. And, you know, the reason why I was thinking about doing a show about scrupulosity is because yeah. I was talking to somebody. Because you're dealing with it. Well, in a way. I'm kidding. I was saying, yeah, exactly. I have a problem. I have a problem with scrupulosity. <laughs> We're going to go through all of the, you know, we'll do six shows in a row and all the sins that I've got. To, never mind. We're not going to do that. <laughs> keep focused, Tom. <laughs> We've got to keep focused. All right. So. You were saying. The reason I was thinking about doing a show on scrupulosity is because right. I had a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and they were asking me a question. Now, he wasn't dealing with scrupulosity, I don't think. I, but but he asked me this question. He asked or me a hypothetical. What his initials? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> T.D. Tom Dorian. No. There you go. So his question was this. He said, you know, let's suppose a guy goes to confession. Right. Right. And then he steps out of the confessional. Okay. He commits a mortal sin and then proceeds to get hit by a bus. <laughs> All right. Now, don't we love the hypotheticals? <laughs> yeah, but I'm just trying to think of what you so can good. do as soon as you step out of the confessional. <laughs> well, and, or I like have that bus get into the church. That's what I'm going to know. Exactly. Because <laughs> you know, that there's not much time between the yeah. uh, between the get a the bigger sidewalk, <laughs> wider sidewalks there. Come well, on. but but the point is some. It's important thing we ought to discuss because right. Um, it's this, an int- a, this, this guy's got to be a lawyer. No, but anyway, sorry, that doesn't all the matter. Out there. That doesn't matter. The point is he got, he's got a valid concern, but it made yeah. me think. That someone who'd worry a lot about that kind of stuff might might easily fall into the sin of scrupulosity. Yeah, you know because well let's 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 take his hypothetical. Let's take, try to answer his question. Okay. All right. So the guy goes to confession. Yeah. Steps out of the confessional, commits a mortal sin. Right. So first of all, you would you would have to wonder if the guy was truly penitent when he went right. the, the first time he went to confession. Right. And I'm not judging. I just, you know, sometimes people do methodical confession and they, they know they've sinned, but they're not really penitent. They, have, they just right. know that 
they're more like rule followers. Right. Right. And so maybe there's a question about his his true penitence. Right. The very first time. But that's neither here nor there. Because if you are, then you're less apt to sin when you come out. Yes, I think so. Right. I think that you feel fresh and renewed and yeah. you and you and you're of the world living in love exactly. And we've so had, we've had a show about this. Your your reaction should be a, a right. more positive one, I would think. Oh yeah. After having left the, con- the 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 confessional. However, let's just go with the hypothetical. Okay. And the guy really is you know, he was penitent. Right. And now he is absolved and everything is good. But then he steps out mm-hmm. and within a very, very, very short period of time commits mortal sin. Right. Right. And so now we have to wonder, like, well, if that happened, mm-hmm. then that sort of, um, I don't know, that, that joy that comes from being absolved. Disappeared immediately. Disappeared immediately. Would tell you maybe that person had like uh, an addiction or right. a, a habitual problem, something that he's he's not able to shake easily. Right. Right. So then, you know, we got those two things going on. Okay. Right. But let's just hypothetical again and say that yes, he was genuinely penitent the mm-hmm. first time when he went to confession, and then when he did come out and commit a moral sin. It just is happenstance. It, he didn't intend for it to happen. He did not have some kind of sickness. But then he gets hit by a bus. Right? <laughs> so the question then becomes... My head's starting to hurt. Does that person get a free <laughs> ticket? Right? Does he? Does his, is his ticket punched? Does he go right. to heaven? He gets a you know, pass because of it all. Well, people love to talk about the fact that if someone goes to confession and it's a good, valid confession and just right. they just did everything right and they just really are. And they, 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 they poured they, it all out. Oh, yeah. They let it go and they were totally yeah. penitent. And, you know, and they, and they step out of that thing and then get hit by the bus. Well, that's a pretty good kind idea. Of good timing. Yeah, you might you might have a little better time on, uh, you know, going to heaven. Now, I mean, right. may need to still be some purgation going on. Right. It's a different show. You can look that one up on the web and we'll, we have shows on purgatory. Right. But the point that's is, that's a two dollar word. By that's the way. <laughs> just a two dollar word, yes. exactly. Right. But, but so this guy goes to confession. Mm-hmm. He gets absolved, comes out, mm-hmm. commits the moral sin, gets by the bus. So now mm-hmm. we need to talk about a different topic. Mm-hmm. What happens to that guy? You know, does he go to heaven? You know, or does he go reap the benefit? Or because he died with an unconfessed mortal sin on his yeah. soul. You know, which we we understand with the the teaching in the catechism helps us to see Mm -hmm. that that unconfessed sin sin, is going to separate us from the love of God, Mm -hmm. not from God loving us, from us loving God. Right. However, so that's important for us to say unconfessed or when if you're if you are not penitent. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you have this mortal sin and you are truly sorry, well, maybe someone would look at that and start wondering, is God held to his own sacramental law? Right, he's the lawgiver, right? Mm-hmm. So he is the Lord of the Sabbath, but he's not bound by the Sabbath law. Meaning, we have to obey the, obey the law. God asks us to obey the law, and so that law is there for our good, and so we follow it. Right, right? not to the letter of the law to the to the, the fault of the, the, the Pharisees, mm-hmm. but because it's good for us to follow the law, and we should follow the law, and we do. Mm-hmm. Right, so we we are bound by the law, or bound to the law. Right. But God himself knows our hearts, mm-hmm. right? And if he knows this person who committed the mortal sin went, or went to confession, was absolved, came out, committed the mortal sin, then went to, uh, uh, got hit by a bus, <laughs> he knows that man's heart and only he can judge. Right. Right. The last time I checked, I did not uh, see in the catechism where it talks about judgment. My name was not there. There was no Deacon Jeff reference in there. So I can't right. judge. Right. Thank, even thank, the, even the, the priest. Thank you. I know. Golly. <laughs> you, you get off easy. But even wow. even the priest can't judge. The Pope right. doesn't judge. 
In fact, Pope Francis famously said, who am I to judge? He did. You're right. Right. And so we're not judges. We, we don't know the state of someone's soul. Only God knows that. Right. Now, however, a, a priest can help a penitent person in trying to discern whether or not um, something he's done mm-hmm. is going to fall in that category of mortal or not. Right. You know, he, he'll get to know him and maybe a spiritual director or whatever, and he'll 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 get used to this this um, the situation, his way of life, and 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 also he can sort of see and experience that person's um, that, that sense of sorrow. Right. Right. And that and they're and they're asking for forgiveness and understand. Yeah, there's true penance penitence right. here. Right. right. He is truly sorry, and so you know, in that situation, we we look at that and and think, well, this person truly is sorry. And then he gets hit by a bus. Right. Well, so then do we say that God is bound by his own laws? And God says, well, I'm sorry. The law is the law, and you've got to go to hell. We don't know. We don't know that. Right. Now, I tend to believe that God is a a God of mercy. Yep. Now, his mercy overflows. His mercy is absolutely uh, unfathomable. Mm -hmm. Right? It's eternal. It's limitless. Right. And so we can count on that. Mm-hmm. Right, and so that's what I count on. I leave that person who got hit by the bus to God's mercy, mm-hmm. because God is ever merciful. Right. However, we are never to presume upon His mercy. Exactly. Because we presume upon it and say, "Oh yeah, God's going to forgive me." That's it's going to backfire. Deal. Well, now that's a sin. That the, right. The church talks about the sin of presumption and basically says, "Well, you, you don't presume on this. Right. You still have to act on it. You still have to re. You have to ask for it. Right. Right. I hate it when my kids just come and get money off my dresser." Right. Yeah, it's there. Right. You know, and and it's probably going to go to them. I have no problem giving them money when they need it. But they need to ask for it. Right. Right. Well, this is a lot more important than money on a dresser, but we're talking about God's forgiveness and his mercy. Right. We need to ask for it. And that's that's an important concept. But all of this discussion about this hypothetical. Scrupulosity. Yeah. It leads me to this idea of like, well, someone's really worried about that. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think the guy was asking me this question was like, Fallen into scrupulosity, but I think he was. He, he told me he was just like kind of something. He just kind of popped in his mind every once in a while. I, I wonder what the situation is. And actually, he's a convert. Okay. So he learned all about confession, learned all about God's mercy, learned about all these beautiful things about the teachings of the church. Came into the church, been Catholic for a couple of years, and he was just asking me this question. I was like, "Well, what would happen here? You know, because we all have those kind of little like, what would happen in this situation?' Right. And but 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 sometimes when I think when we start to fixate on like, well, what about this? Would then then would that be? You know, is that still a sin or is that a sin? And, and, and to what degree is this a sin and how does that happen and does this work? Sometimes we can start to dig so deep into a hole right. that we start wondering, you know, we start thinking, is anything not a sin? Right. We start seeing right. the devil in uh, under every rock, in every detail, around every corner, yeah. looming over us. Yeah. And, right, and we feel like we're totally, uh, uh, I don't know, just out of control. Or or he's struggling with just the whole belief concept that was that really effective what I just did in there. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do it. Did I? Yeah. Exactly. No. You're right. You're right in the money. So, so in that confessional, that the the person that first confessed, maybe he just sort of like thought, well, I've I've done that, and it's like a little box I checked off. Right. You know, but really, did it do anything? I don't know. But I but I was told to do that, and so so I did it. I'll tell you what, we're going to have more to talk about. I want to dig deeper into this whole okay. concept of scrupulosity. We're going to do that. And the bus. We've got to get that we bus get, line. <laughs> right. Avoid that. We want to avoid the bus. We're going to do that uh, right after this. We'll take a break. But before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. It is great. 
Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email. Tell me about your your problems with getting hit by a bus by whatnot. You know, send me that. <laughs> if you can still type after the bus, try turn into a whole show. <laughs> send me an email, deaconjeff at decatholiccafe.com. And with that, barring no buses, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is the understatement of the millennia to say that the very early church proved to be difficult and trying times for believers in the Lord Jesus. Not only were they considered outcast by the Jews of their day, but Rome had obviously set her sights on the fledgling church as well. In fact, even while many of the original twelve apostles were still alive, countless Christians were being martyred by the Roman authorities for their newfound faith in Christ and His Church. One of the worst enemies of the early church was Emperor Nero. The year 64 AD proved to be the height of his persecutions of Christians. This is a year that Rome burned, and two-thirds of the Eternal City lay in ruins. It is said that Nero might have set the fires intentionally so that he could rebuild the city as he saw fit, or that he simply wanted to create a reason to gain support from the Roman citizens for his persecution of the church. But regardless of why the fires were started, Nero needed a scapegoat, and he blamed the early Christians. He soon began a bloody rampage of persecution, torture, and death, the likes of which had never been seen in Rome. Many non-Christian ancient historians have documented the unusually gruesome deaths that were perpetrated on these early faithful. Many were crucified, many dressed in animal skins and thrown to wild beasts for entertainment. And tradition tells us that some were even used as human torches to light the streets of Rome. Regardless of the means of death, the church fondly remembers each of these first martyrs. Called the proto-martyrs of Rome, their steadfast love of Christ, even in the face of a cruel death, would stand as a shining example for Christians for nearly 2,000 years. While Nero's goal was to supplant the Christian movement and stifle the growth of the church, his actions ended up backfiring. The proto-martyrs showed that they were ready and willing to share in the suffering, death, and ultimate resurrection of Jesus. This served only to inspire and motivate the persecuted Christians. In fact, the more the church was persecuted, the more it grew. No one knows the exact number of martyrs who paid the ultimate price for their faith at this time in history, but their gift of witness has made a lasting impact on the people of God. The Catholic Church has dedicated a site in Vatican City in their honor, the Piazza of the Proto-Martyrs. Their feast day, celebrated by the Church Universal, is June 30th. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And welcome back to the Catholic Cafe's Luxurious Corner Booth. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with uh, Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. I think it's Tom. Tom, I, I, I lose memory. In fact, we've been gone so long, I've kind of forgotten. <laughs> Let's recap. Recap, yes. <laughs> Help me recap. That'd be good Tell for me, both of us. What did we, what'd we talk about in the last Scrupulosity, segment? Scrupulosity. Right? We talked about the guy that goes to the confessional, confesses his sins, comes out. He's uh, all of a sudden he commits a mortal sin as soon as he steps out. Right, that must have been a big deal too. By huge. the way, just like in a church. I mean, you know, I gotta find this church. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then he goes outside, 
a narrow sidewall, gets hit by the bus. So he goes outside. He, go? he doesn't get hit by the bus inside. Okay, so he goes right. outside, gets right. hit by the bus. Right. All right. right. We'll, 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 right. And, and then we try to figure out his frame of mind. And there's also the, all the different, you know, was he really penitent? You know, and then did he believe did he have it? Some, did he have there? Was there an illness? Was there belief? There? Right. Was there an illness? Oh, yeah. Right. An addiction That's or, exactly a, right. or something, right? So there's a lot of concepts here, but, but really all that stuff leads me to think that the normal rational person who, um, you know, would deal with these probably wouldn't fall into this sin, but there is actually a sin called scrupulosity. It is, it's a sin, right. actually. Right. And you kind of struck on it when you when you were talking about did the guy really believe? Yeah. What happened in the confessional? He was in the confessional. Right. Did he really believe? Was he actually transformed? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and that's the key. Was there transformation in that confession? You did could, he? Did you could he? Accept? Argue no. Yeah, you could because maybe right. he didn't. But right. I don't know that. Or he's not forgiving himself. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so he's not forgiving Let himself. Let and, and so maybe there's a little addiction or scrupulosity going on. Right. Or maybe he's not really believing that what the church teaches was effective. What God promises was actually effective right. in his life. Right. And so there wasn't any transformation. And so that's, a, that's an important thing to discuss. But really at the heart of all that comes this sin called scrupulosity. Right. And, and what scrupulosity is, like I said, is, is finding every little thing to be wrong, to be uh, a sin. Every little, you know, a person goes to confession, a scrupulous person goes to confession multiple times and would go daily if they had the opportunity. Right. I'm sorry, would go many times within the day if they had the opportunity. Yeah, wow. Right? Some will go, um, you know, over a period of a week, they'll go seven times. Yeah. Because they walk out and they sin again. Yeah. And they walk out, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been 15 minutes since my last confession. Right. 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 And I'm having this problem. And I'm having that right. problem. And, and sometimes they're different things and sometimes they're they're uh, the same thing. Yeah. You know, a scrupulous person is not someone necessarily who's committing the same sin over and over again. There's a, a, a habitual sinner there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's going through a rough patch who's, who's, who's got an addiction or a problem there. Mm-hmm. The scrupulous person, I mean, they could be committing the same sin over and over again. But the reality is the scrupulous person is finding that fault with everything that they do. Right. And thinking that they all fall way short of the glory of God. And so everything they do is a sin. Yeah. To, to the nth degree. Right. And they, and they end up and they end up over and over again wanting to go to confession. And just and, and, and they're, they're, not, they're not finding the joy that God wants them to have. That's exactly right. I right? was getting ready to say that. that. That's not what God wants. God wants their joy. He doesn't want you to feel like that. You, the sacrament of confession is not supposed to be some dour and no. sad and, and horrible it's not the crucifixion; it's, it's the resurrection. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's lifted off. Yeah, it's yes. you're, you're like caught up in the ascension. You right. know that 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 great um, uh, decade of the rosary, you know, the ascension, that mystery, and you're you're you are ascending with Christ. You're, right. You're you're holding on to his uh, his cloak as he ascends. He he lifts you up out of the sin that that, that was once enslaving you. Right? right. And so there's a liberation, there's a freedom, but there's a joy. Right. Because the, the God's grace fills your heart. And if that doesn't happen, it's it's a sign that that you're either not letting it happen, right, or God doesn't want it to happen. And I don't think it's the latter. No, I don't either. I don't <laughs> right? either. So really, that's really you closing the door, right? And the scrupulous person is someone who looks at every detail and just sees nothing but well, this must be I must have sinned. So let me find where I sinned, right? And then I need to go to confession because I'm a believer. I believe what the church teaches, right? And the church would have you go to to uh, confession every right. time you. Right. Uh, that, that you would commit a mortal sin before you receive Eucharist, you're going to need to go. Right. So the question then comes down to, you know, am I scrupulous or not? Mm-hmm. Now, 
really the best way to find out if you're scrupulous, you're not going to. We're not going to give you a list of things here, and you mm-hmm. follow this list, and you go, oh, well, it says right here that I'm scrupulous. Right. You know that I did seven out of ten of the ten scrupulous things. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like a data point right. that you can figure out. The reality is the best, really, the only way you can figure out whether scrupulosity is at play here is if you go and you get a spiritual director. Right. You meet with a priest. And you talk to them about what you're confessing, mm-hmm. you know, how often you're confessing, mm-hmm. and what you're feeling, you know, what you're experiencing in confession. Sure. Right? Because if you're not experiencing the joy, then there's a problem. Right. And really at the heart of this, people say, well, you, you, you refer to this as a sin. You keep talking about scrupulosity as a sin. You know, and if it's kind of a sickness, then really, you know, should they be at fault? And And I will just say it's a sin in the sense that... Really, at the heart of scrupulosity mm-hmm. is someone who's having a problem trusting in God. Yeah. Remember how you talked about not believing, right? Right. What happened in the confessional was valid or good? Right. That's it's, it's trusting God. Exactly. You're saying to yourself, you know, even God can't. Fr- I am such yeah. a miserable. Sinner. I hear you, but I just don't. I don't trust. Right. You. I am dung covered with snow. Right. You know, mothers cover your children's ears. I just said dung. Covered right. with snow. That's an old Lutheran which, which the church doesn't concept. teach. Exactly right. So we have this, God's uh, image. Yes, we we fall. We are uh, have a fallen nature. Right. We have concupiscence, which another big word, by the way. $3 That's word. a three dollar word. Right. Which uh, you know draws us to sin. We have a natural tendency towards sin, mm-hmm. and yet in all of that, God sent His Son Jesus to save us mm-hmm. because He loves us, because He wants us to live in harmony with Himself, mm-hmm. and He wants us to live with Him in heaven for all eternity. Yep. Right. And so he wants to give us opportunities for grace. Confession is one of those. Right. And it should be joy filled. That's right. But unfortunately, when we don't trust in God and we think even God cannot do this, it's a sin not to trust in God. In fact, it gets close to that that sin of, um, you know, the impardonable sin. Right. Right. The unpardonable sin that you read about that you that we hear about where Jesus said it's the sin against the Holy blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Right. What is that? Yes. What the church teaches that is is this idea that, you know, at your dying breath, mm-hmm. right, final perseverance, you, you, you finally have this last opportunity, Lord, save me, and you don't accept his grace. Right. You think even God can't save me. That blasphemes against the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves you, wants to be with you, right. wants to reside in you. Right. Right? And wants to flourish in you. And yet you, you still reject them. You shut the door. Yeah, that's a re- that's a final rejection. Right. And that's what a lot of people, a lot of the early church fathers, speak of the unpardonable sin. That's what they talk about. What that really means. Yeah. Right. There's theologians that discuss this on varying degrees, but the reality is, it ultimately talks about not trusting in God. Right. And so the question then becomes, well, how do we get out of this? Right. Let's well, let's, let's assume that maybe I'm having a little problem with that. How do I? Um, you know, how do I solve this problem? Well, again, I'll go back. My, my suggestion always whenever I'm talking to someone about this, when I'm meeting with somebody, is what they need to do is find a, 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 a spiritual, spiritual director, director who can also be their confessor. Right. In other words, a priest. Find a priest yeah. who has time. Some of these young guys that are just, uh, you know, a couple of years into their priesthood, you know, they're kind of, you know, getting their feet wet. And right. They're good, holy priests, and they're fired up, and they, they, they want to help, you know, and so... You're just a great opportunity. Some some of these guys don't have, um, you know, folks that have are coming to them regularly. Well, find one of these guys. Right. Sometimes it's hard to find the most, you know, the real popular pastor. You know, they right. don't always have a lot of time. Right. And it can be more difficult to meet with them more frequently, especially if you're having a problem. Right. But some of them will, you know. And and uh, I mean, our our pastor, 
right. is a generous guy and would, would, would gladly uh, would oh, meet yeah. with anybody, especially in a time of need. Yeah. So if you're a scrupulous person or you fear that you might be fixated on every little tiny sin that you might commit, right, right, and that it's bringing you down and you're, you're feeling this desire to go to confession way more often than should. Right. Well, maybe you should go and, and encounter a priest confessor and just and really spend some time with them and, and, and go through all this and let them help you discern what that is. And I will tell you, like in all things in life, whenever I do something bad mm-hmm. and I and I just like get out on the table, it's like I'm not I'm not it's not festering in there. I'm not right. harboring it, covering it up anymore. Phenomenal relief. Oh, man, it's so nice. Yeah. And so just that conversation really is liberating for a lot of folks. Absolutely. And and, and some things take a little time to, to work through. It does beg the question, though, you know, how often should I go to confession? Well, when you find that spiritual director. They're going to help with They'll that. They'll help. That's exactly right. That's right. That's one of the things they'll help you with. But what I can say is, you know, a lot of people look at the, uh, you know, they'll look at canon law or they'll look at the uh, the catechism, which quotes canon law, tell you you have to go to confession to confess your, your sins at least once a year. Well, there you go. Catechism says once a year. Uh, the the, the uh, canon law says your grave sin or your mortal sin at least once a year. Yeah. You know, that's the minimum, Perfect. though. Yeah, that's the minimum. Darn it. Yeah, I know. I know you were thinking about that. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if, uh, if uh, you know, your, your mom. All those hours up, I could have saved. Your mom said, you just have to, you have to clean your room at least once, once a year. year. <laughs> you know, I, that I dare would say. That would be a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that'd be a stinky room is all you I'm saying. Right. And you'd never find anything right. Sunday morning when you're trying to get ready to go to Mass. Right. You'd get in trouble every Sunday. <laughs> but my point is, that's a minimum. The church sees this as the absolute right. minimal participation on your part right right but the church does also teach that every time you commit a mortal sin you're not to receive holy eucharist right until such a time as you've had uh, gone to a confession yeah and unfortunately in that line i think there's a nickel word which is least least that's right at least once a year so that means we mean to go more than once a year exactly right so how much do we go we go every day no probably no, not probably not Right, so there's a happy maybe, maybe for a while. It's I, up to you and your spiritual director. That's exactly right. But I tend to go like once a month. Right, that's about right for yeah. me. Yeah, and some people go once every six weeks or so. Yeah, right. Some people go every other week or something like that. That's fine too. You know, I think sometimes when I'm doing great, things are going good. I may go like once a month, but then sometimes if I have a problem with something, some people yeah. might go a little more often. Yeah, you know, maybe a couple times a week or whatever. But then really, right. if you're doing that more than a couple weeks in a row. Need to look into that. We right. don't want to be scrupulous, right? Exactly. Scrupulosity is a sin. God overcomes all sin. God can conquer anything. He loves us. He's filled with mercy, and we need to ask Him for it, don't we? Amen. Let's pray. Yes, sir. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full, full of grace. grace. The Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, women and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners. sinners. Now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.